0: The concept of the Trinity can be perplexing even to the most mature believer. Questions like, what exactly is the Trinity? How can God be three people at once? Which one should we pray to? And what roles does each of the three play are common questions that arise when considering the Trinity. So, in this episode of Hardcore Christianity, Jerry and I attempt to answer the question, how can God be three persons in one? We'll try to understand why the concept of a triune God is so difficult to grasp. We'll explore what the Bible says about the Trinity. And we'll examine the roles of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you are struggling to understand how three can equal one, I encourage you to stick around for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Thank you, Jerry, for joining me once again for another episode of Hardcore Christianity, where we're discussing how can God be three persons in one. So I think we should start off this episode by defining what the Trinity is. Have you taken a look at uh, a definition for the Trinity? I have. Uh, the definition I came up with was
1: the Trinity represents the concept of God as three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, or God God. Son Jesus, uh, each with their own function, yet united in purpose. Okay. Uh, that uh, it's not that any one is um, operating without connection to the other, mm-hmm. but yet still operating independently.
0: Now, is that a definition that you came
1: up with yourself, or did you find that somewhere? Uh, it's kind of a combination of things I've heard in the past and things that. Uh, uh i felt uh about
0: again it is a a, not an easy subject (laughs) (laughs) it is is one that kind of breaks my brain when i try and think about the trinity i'm going to introduce what the oxford dictionary says about the trinity it says uh, the christian godhead as one god and three persons father son and holy spirit which i thought they did a pretty good job of uh, trying to uh, explain the trinity in such a short a short sentence but i also want to bring up one thing that jesus says about the Trinity in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, how he affirms that the Trinity is real and that it does exist as three persons in one. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I really like that verse because it, it, it is an affirmation um, that the Trinity is what it is. And it's a simple one. I think the Bible talks a lot about the, uh, how the three persons kind of work together, but this is one where Jesus kind of puts them all at one time, at one place, at one time, in one verse, which I thought was really, really helpful. So, um, let's ask the question: Why are we even asking it? Why, why is this an important, uh, relevant question? Do you think about uh, the Trinity? Anyone who calls himself a Christian should understand the concept of Trinity
1: and how it impacts their faith, because it is core to our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, without an understanding of the Holy Spirit, we are missing a significant piece of the Godhead, uh, and when we miss that piece, there's a power that comes uh, with the Holy Spirit. Because uh, having experienced the Holy Spirit uh, either give me a thought or uh, maybe nudge me to do something that I wouldn't typically do. Mm-hmm. Uh an example would be uh, I was going into the jail the other day, and there was a guy sitting on the bench. And... So I nodded to him when I went by, and you know, I said, Hi, are you just getting out? And he goes, yeah, and I got about four steps farther, and it was he said, just, you need to talk to this guy for a second, pray with him. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, and I went back, and I said, hey, you know, uh, how can I pray for you? And uh, he looked at me a little kind of strange, and then he said, you know what, uh, pray that I, I don't go back to my drinking ways. Mm-hmm. And so I got to know him, his name was Sean, and uh, we talked for a few minutes. And I got a chance to pray with him, and probably never see him again in my life. Mm-hmm. But for that moment uh I was able to share a little bit of my faith and uh encourage him in
0: a in a life change that he's hoping to make. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you bring up the Holy Spirit, which I'm sure we'll talk about more as to as to uh, his role in the Trinity. Uh, but one of the reasons why I chose this topic, and there isn't, I, as I was looking, I couldn't find a whole lot of statistics as to what people think about the Trinity. But I chose it because I assume, and I'm sure I'm right about this, but I'm, I assume that there are so many people out there who struggle with the concept of the Trinity because it doesn't make sense in our temporal uh, existence. Uh, we understand uh, the laws that God had put in place, that one plus one plus one equals three. And we don't understand how that can equal one. It really is confusing to us. And I think that people who are be- who uh, choose to become a follower of Christ has to somehow come to terms with the idea that that is yet is difficult to understand, yet it is still true. So um, I think it's a relevant question because I think there are people who are struggling with it. Even me myself, I still don't can't quite really uh, uh, makes uh, full sense of it in my mind. So I thought it was a really good um, topic to discuss. But I'll bring in one quote that I did find from uh, in a uh, a website called Pathos.com. They did a, a LifeWay survey, and they uh, they they had this to say about it. It said seven out of ten Americans agree that there is one true God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which I found very encouraging, that 69% of Americans, they're not even talking about believers. So I found that interesting, that there are so many people who believe in the Trinity, but I think there are so many people who are confused about the Trinity.
1: Well, it's interesting, too, because if I think about any other faiths, there are face that might have multiple gods but they're all distinct mm-hmm. uh, I have a God for this and a God for right. that but uh, not uh, not a unity amongst those and uh, and so in that effect in that regard Christianity is unique uh, and I guess from a just a practical perspective we know the history of Christ and he was was around for 33 years and, and he was here on earth we understand, as as people of faith, we understand there's a God who created all this. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't make a blade of grass. There's, <laughs> there's so many things that I right. can't possibly do, but uh, I am grateful that they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit part is a little harder, but uh, one of the things that, uh, and I know it's kind of going to the next question, but uh, I heard it explained one time, and it kind of made sense to me. If you look at an egg, mm-hmm. there are three parts of an egg mm-hmm. There's the shell, mm-hmm. there's the yolk, and then there's the egg white. Mm-hmm. We don't call those three, uh, we call it every, when it's together, we call it an egg. When we separate it, we still call each part of it an egg. And that uh, example I used was uh, my wife has some Polish Russian in her background, and they make something called Pysanki eggs, mm-hmm. where they decorate the eggs with really, uh, for Christmas, put them on the tree or whatever. What they do is they, drill a hole in each end of the egg, and they blow all the contents out. Now, they don't call them pisanki shells. Mm. They call them pisanki eggs. Interesting. Uh, there are people who can't eat the yolk. They can only eat the white. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still call them egg whites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as I look at that, it, it at least helped me understand it. Although there are, there are three distinct parts to it, it's still one egg. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's interesting because I've heard the egg uh, analogy as well, and I agree with the egg analogy, and I, and I it helps me to make sense of it as well, but I didn't think about it in the way that you mentioned it as if even though they are separate parts, they're still considered an egg. Um, what I think about when I uh, uh, consider the Trinity is that it is uh, the Trinity, the conversation of the Trinity is it's, it's Christianity 101. It's what every Christian should understand, but yet we have a hard time understanding it and so as we talk a little bit more about how we make sense of the trinity you already mentioned um the egg analogy is there anything else that you have that you thought of that may helps you to make sense of the trinity well uh and as, as you were talking it reminded me of when jesus was
1: baptized and the spirit came down on in the form of a dove mm-hmm. uh, and then you take it further with the uh the apostles when uh fire came upon them after jesus had ascended mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, Jesus said, "I must leave, so that the uh, the Helper can come." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, as I see all, how all three work together, mm-hmm. uh, that helps me to understand. It's still not crystal yeah. clear in my mind, but yep. it
0: helps. But that that is good. Uh, one of the things that I uh, recently um, had gone to a Bible study where uh, the question came up is is you know about. The Muslims, you know, the Muslim faith—they mm-hmm. worship God, Allah—and it was questioned whether they are worshiping the same God that we worship. Because in the Bible, um, it was Abraham's descendant, Ishmael who where the Muslim faith kind of broken off too. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, "Well, do do Muslims worship the same God that we worship?" And the consistency, of course, was that they that it they do not. And uh, my reasoning for that, and it helps me to understand. The Trinity, when, it, when, it, when I try and make reason of that, is the Trinity is three persons in one. Muslims deny the deity of Jesus, and uh, God is not God without Jesus. So we understand the Trinity as being all three. If, if you take one out, it's no longer the same God. Therefore, uh, they do not worship the same God that we do. And since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, even the God of old um, contained the fullness of the Trinity. So the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the same God that we worship today, which I think is a Trinity. So to me, that kind of makes sense of that. I know that that's confusion for some. uh, And in my mind, that's how I understand that uh, our God is God because of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who it's always been that way. It's always been that way um, since the beginning of time or even before the beginning of time, actually. And so uh, that helps me to understand, well, you know, if you worship just one part of that trinity, are you really worshiping God? Is it the same God? And I don't think so.
1: And and as you say that, and I hadn't thought about it till you mentioned it, but uh, so that what does that do for the Jews?
0: Mm, Yes, that's true because they deny the deity of Jesus as well. Right. And Um, and
1: I don't even know how the Jews would look at the Holy Spirit.
0: So I think that uh, I fall on the idea that if someone says they worship God, it's not necessarily the same God that we worship. Because if you are a believer in Christ and you believe in the Trinity, then the whole fullness of God is God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you can't separate them and then say, well, I can worship only this part and deny the rest. And when you do that, then it's no longer the same God. That's, uh, that's 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 kind of what I was kind of mulling over when we were kind of putting this together and thinking about uh, the Trinity. Anyway, uh, the next question is, what? Uh, why do you think people struggle with the concept of God in three persons? What, what, what is the root of that?
1: I think it goes back to what we talked about. Even as Christians, we struggle at times with it. And uh, when you put um, people who have no faith or people who have a different faith to try to... Um, understand a concept that even people of faith struggle with at times, mm-hmm. uh, you can understand why that would be would be tough for them. Yes. Uh, but yet, uh, I think even as, as believers, as Christians, the more we experience, the more real it becomes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think sometimes we're afraid of it. Sometimes we don't understand it. But uh, once we've experienced it, it does change us. Uh, like I said, with uh, when I felt those nudges, those didn't come from me. My thought was, "Hey, I got to keep going. I got things to do." But the, the at the moment, it was no. Take a few minutes, mm-hmm. stop and talk to this person, and and then go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, to have that. Uh, I uh, influence uh, motivation to do something beyond what we would normally do. And I uh, know that this is where God wants us. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, always say every day I go out to the jail, I have an agenda. Most of the time, God's got a different agenda. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, he wins. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Well, I think uh, one of the reasons why we struggle with the God in three persons thing, I think uh, a website that I saw did a really, really good job of explaining this in one simple sentence. This is from everystudent.com. It says, if we we were to use math, it wouldn't be one plus one plus one equals three. It would be one times one times one equals one, which that math really does work out. I mean, and it helps me to understand and change my way of thinking. No, it's really, you can't start thinking about one plus one plus one equals three. Uh, because that doesn't that doesn't compute in our human minds, so one times one times one really helped me to kind of understand uh, and kind of help my brain to come to terms with the uh, the Trinity. Um, another uh, um, quote that I got was from applygodsword.com. and you may have even seen this when you were looking and and studying this too. It says, uh, "God is one. The Father is God. The Son is God." The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father. So basically, is explaining that there are three distinct things, but they all are God. And it's and when you put it that way, it tries to simplify it, and it still is difficult to understand. Uh, but uh, it just makes the distinction that they are separate, but they all are God. And I think that that's an important thing to try and and wrap your mind around when you're thinking about the Trinity. And you alluded to the Holy Spirit. So why do you think uh, believers ignore the Holy Spirit? And do you think it's a problem that believers do ignore the Holy Spirit on occasion? I think it, uh, it
1: takes away uh, a portion of what God has for us. Um, I, I think why believers sometimes ignore it is because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to, if we don't understand something, we don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's in many times in some churches, it's not spoken about much. Uh, and so the things that get the most attention are the things that are talked about the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, but as we, as we grow, as we experience, as we, uh, sense God's moving through his spirit, uh, we, Start to understand what that, how that impacts us. I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because it's easy to get caught up in what we're doing, and not allowing God to be part of that. But that's where the Holy Spirit can kind of gently guide us to where we should be, not to where we think we're going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. It's difficult to understand, as you said, the Holy Spirit because God the Father and God the Son are are, are terms I think that we can identify with. We all have fathers we had a father and even if you haven't had a, you don't have a father currently someone was your father at some point right. uh, so we understand the concept of father and we understand the concept of son but holy spirit and is a, is a way more difficult concept to understand because it's it's it seems ethereal it just, it just seems untangible it doesn't seem real whereas you can understand father son you understand that that uh, relationship and when i think about the different roles and we'll talk about them in more detail later the holy spirit is also another one that's really kind of different i mean it's different than the other ones in uh, a lot of ways and so i think that yes we we fear what we don't understand and oftentimes i mean it's even hard to even understand how to address the holy spirit because you know even when i say the holy spirit it sounds like a thing but it's a person so it's like the Holy Spirit is a he, it's a person. And so, but it's talked about in a way that doesn't sound like it's a person. So it's really kind of tough to kind of uh, understand um, the Holy Spirit. And I, and you're right, it's not talked about a lot. I think a lot of churches do put uh, different influences on the Holy Spirit. Some ignore it altogether, some make it central. Uh, so I think uh, uh, it's difficult to try and get a handle on the Holy Spirit. Um, But I do think it is one of the, it should be equally as talked about, equally as valued, equally as as exalted as the other two parts of the Trinity. So why is it important for believers to recognize, understand, and become intimately familiar with the Trinity? What would you say?
1: Well, if we're not familiar with it, we're losing a part of what God has for us. Uh, There's a reason that Jesus said, I have to leave so that the helper can come Mm -hmm. and if we ignore the helper then we're going to not be able to take advantage of what he has for us uh and how he can help us in situations where we might not be equipped to help ourselves in it
0: Mm -hmm. i think also that when we talk about god as believers as christians Mm -hmm. we talk about i and i'm i fall into the trap as as easily as anyone else we just talk about god as one person as one thing um but we really need to make sure that if we're trying to build a relationship with the God we claim to know, then we really need to build a relationship with the fullness of who He is, which is the Trinity—the God the Father, the the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know about you, but when I pray, I've gotten in a habit of 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 eventually praying for each and to each entity, to each uh, personality. So I don't I don't limit it just to God. But I know a lot of people um, when they think about prayer may think just God, but. Uh, we, we need to uh, it's important for us to become intimately familiar with the Trinity because we need to build a relationship with God. And if we build a relationship with God, we can't just build a relationship with one part of the Trinity. We need to build a, a relationship with the fullness of God, which is um, all three parts. And we must try to understand him, even though understanding that three equals one is tough to to really wrap our minds around. I liked your analogy, though, of one times one times <laughs> one.
1: That makes sense. I mean, yes, mathematically it makes it sense. It does. As well as uh, as you think about it. That uh, And we we do tend to define it as, you know, we we'll talk about God, and it's like God is kind of the, the top of the heap, mm-hmm. and then, then we step down to the Son and then the Holy right. Spirit, where instead of seeing them together, Right uh so it's interesting that we uh <laughs> we tend to put a uh what's the word i want but uh emphasis yeah I would say yeah, definitely uh, uh when we talk about God, it's okay, and then okay, that's his son and we think it of in relationship of a human father's son right. relationship my father was always the head of the household mm-hmm. and I was always the son mm-hmm. uh and there was no uh fact that my dad had a sign that said uh Rule number one: uh, the the head of the house is always right. Rule number two: see number rule number one. <laughs> and uh, so that's we we tend to think that way. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I wish I could take credit for that one times one times one, but it wasn't me. But it is a really, really good good way to to remember. If, if there's anything I would take away from that episode, this episode, that's a good one to kind of um, kind of take away from it. Well, when we come back, we'll explore Bible passages that highlight the Trinity. We'll explore the roles of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And because God is three persons in one, we'll discuss what that says about our God. So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's w-r-i-t-e-c-m-v at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Listen to half-hour episodes of the Christian music podcast online, or download them to your computer or mobile device and take them with you. Discover independent Christian artists while exercising, commuting to work, doing chores, or any time you need to get your Christian music fix. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the Christian Music Podcast link to access the Christian Music Podcast.
0: Boldly proclaim your faith while also supporting the Hardcore Christianity Podcast. Find Hardcore Christianity t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, smartphone cases, pillows, mugs, and more. Just go to the Hardcore Christianity page at ktfproductions.com for links to the store. Today, Jerry and I are discussing the Trinity. We're trying to answer the question, how can God be three persons in one? In the first part of the show, we tried our best to make sense of this dichotomy, and we tried to highlight why it is important to make sense of God in all of his fullness. In this segment, we'll begin by shining a light on how the Bible highlights the relationship of these three persons. What we found out may surprise you. So... Jerry have did you have any verses at all that you found um, that would highlight anything or do you want me to just jump into my list
1: uh, I, I think at this one we're uh, gonna have to jump into your list
0: okay all right well I actually found this is what surprised me there are so many verses in the Bible and ser- sections in the Bible that talk about the three persons of the of, of the Trinity working in concert with one another I have a list of about 10 here but there were so many more that I did not did not list and I read these verses before. And when I read them before, uh, considering this topic, I didn't even think about the relationship between the three. But I, when I read these, I want you to, to kind of think about, uh, and consider the concert, how they work in concert. So we'll start off by first Corinthians chapter eight, verse six, which says, yet for us, there is but one God, the father from whom things all came and from whom, whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, from whom all things came and through whom we live. I mean, so that's a verse that talks about God, the Father, and the Son, all at one time and how they work in concert together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So I find that interesting that it, that, um, Paul was able to tie all three parts of the Trinity in one verse. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6, it says, This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. And in John chapter 10, verse 30, it says, I and the Father are one. This is Jesus talking about him and the Father being one, uh, helping us to understand at least a little bit better, the Trinity, that even though they are separate entities, they're still one. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. And we saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. But do you understand in that portion of scripture, we talked? He talk, it talks about Jesus the Son, it talks about the Holy Spirit, and then it talks about God, um, all in the same portion of scripture. And I read stuff like that, and I, I would never have known that. Uh, for instance, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, this is the very first verse of the whole Bible that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over it. So in that portion, it talks about God, the father, and also talks about the Holy spirit working in concert with one another. And I've read that before and never have given any thought to that. I'm just going to read a couple more in first Corinthians chapter 12, verse four through six. It says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the Lord, but the same Lord, and there are different kinds of works, but all of them and, ev- and every one is the same God at work. So in that portion of scripture, he mentions all three of the Trinity in concert together, which I, I think I'll leave it at that. I mean, there are several more. And if you want to, to find more verses, I would suggest that you just Google um, the Trinity uh, and how they work in concert in the Bible. And there are so many. I would love to go through them, but I don't want to spend so much time on this uh, and, and take away time from something else. But I, the point is, is that there are portions of Scripture that even if you didn't know before, and this is what I learned, There are so many portions of Scripture that talk about the Trinity working in concert, and I didn't even consider that when I was reading them um, without thinking about this. So I found that incredibly interesting. So I suppose we should try and figure out why is there a Trinity? I mean, what are the roles of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Uh, This is one I do have a little more on, and it's taken from a website uh,
1: called Wisdom for Today. Okay. Uh, And as I read it, uh, it broke down the three parts of the Trinity. It says, the Godhead, we believe that there is only one loving and true God existing eternally in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, equal in every divine perfection and executing distinct but harmonious functions in the great work of redemption. God is the absolute and sole creator of the universe inexpressibly glorious in holiness and is worthy of all possible honor, praise, confidence, and love. And so that's the Godhead.
0: And um, let, the, let, me, let me pause you sure, there. Absolutely. And let's talk about the Godhead before we move on to the other ones. Because I actually um, went to a website too, uh, Christianity Today, and this is what they said about, about God the Father. It says, um, God the Father's role is to generate things. Things originate with him and flow th- from him. God the Father is equal to the Son and the Holy Spirit, but things start with him. It says the Father sent both the Son and the Holy Spirit into the world. So I found that interesting. What do you think about those the two definitions that we, any, any more uh, uh, insight on any of those or your personal thoughts on the fa- God the Father? Well, I think uh, that both talk about the fact that
1: um, being three in one, but also that, and its you said, uh God being the kind of the director mm-hmm.
0: uh, and
1: uh
0: yeah yeah i don't I don't know about you, but when I think about and this is the way it's still I'm still trying to work through this, but I always think about God as being the head, the man, the one, and more important than the other two, and I know that's not true, but I always think about God, the Father as being you know. The Father, the one who's um, more important than the other two. And we're taught, and I know that it's not true, but it's hard for me to, to kind of unteach myself, unlearn that. Um, when I think about God the Father, I think, you know, it talks about Jesus sitting at his right hand. And so I think about God the Father being the important one, and Jesus is at the right hand. And I assume maybe Holy Spirit is at the yep. left hand. So, and if you look at it that way, then there is a hierarchy. But I don't think that we're supposed to understand that there is a hierarchy. I mean, it's clear that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. So it's still, trying, it's still hard for me to try and uh, try and unlearn that. So let's move on to the Son. What did, what did your, uh, your, your uh, thing talk about the Son? It says, We believe that
1: Jesus Christ was begotten of the Holy Spirit in a miraculous manner, born of, a, of Mary, a virgin, and that he is both the Son of God and God the Son. As both God and man, he lived a sinless life, taught with authority, wrought mighty works, wonders, and signs, was crucified and died as a substitutional sacrificial payment for our sins. Kind of big words, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) he died for us. Uh, Was buried and was raised from the dead uh, bodily on the third day. He later ascended to the Father's right hand where he is the head of the church, is interceding for believers, is preparing an abode for his children, and from whence... He is coming in the clouds to rapture his church immediately prior to the tribulation from whence he is coming again, personally, bodily, and visibly to the earth at the conclusion of the tribulation to set up his millennial kingdom. And uh, as I read that, uh, for me personally, uh, as I look at my life and uh, the struggles I have, I can understand the need of a savior, need Mm -hmm. of a sacrifice for for the things that I've done in my life and for for other people. Uh, and so of the three, probably the sun is the easiest to understand mm-hmm. because there's actual history written about him uh, that he was physically here on earth. Sure. And uh, so he's not out there, he was here.
0: And you know, the thing about it is too, is when I think about uh, the sun, I think a lot of people... Align with what it is you're talking about, but we forget that he has—he was here before creation, and he will be here after creation. I mean, he is as—I um, don't know—glorious uh, and as um, holy as any of the other parts. And I think that when we think about Jesus, we oftentimes default to the Bible and the and his time here on Earth, which is only thirty-three years. Right. And so, if if we only kind of Look at Jesus in the 33 years that he was here on this earth. I think we're really kind of looking at him through a small window. Uh, let me just tell you what uh, Christianity today had to say about the, the son. It says, God, the son's role is to pay for our, uh, our sins with his blood, which he did on the cross. The son also acts as a lawyer for us between God, acting as a mediator between us and God and speaking to the father in our defense. Which is very true, but uh, one of the things that I'm reminded of, and I know that you're familiar with it. Who who's not? I mean, a lot of believe, uh, many believers are familiar with the idea that um, the Word became flesh, um, in John chapter one, verse uh, one through three. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made." And when I uh, and that's why I when I think about Jesus, I oftentimes think about also that he uh, is the one that speaks things into being. I mean, because he's the Word, and uh, the um, John one through, one through three kind of speaks on that. So, I think that particular um, role of Jesus, the Son, is oftentimes um, not spoken about. Very much. We think about him as being the lamb that was slain. And he, he of course was, and he came and died for our sins. And he is the mediator talks a lot about that um, in the Bible that he sits in the right hand of the father. And he advocates on our behalf, but also in the beginning when things were created, I mean, if we talk about Jesus as being the word and when and it says that without him, nothing that was made, it says through him, all things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. And that is uh I think, one of the attributes of the Son that we don't think about very often.
1: Well, I think that in times we think about Jesus from when he was born going forward, and even beyond mm-hmm. his death, we still think of him. But that part
0: before his birth on earth, it's kind of confusing. Right. It is. It certainly is. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, what, is your, uh, what did you find? It said, we believe that the Holy Spirit is a divine person, that he is equal
1: to and is of the same nature as God the Father and God the Son. To the unbelieving world, the Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth of the gospel and convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit indwells, baptizes, seals, and sacrifices all believers at the moment of their salvation. He also endues, guides, teaches, witnesses, and fills all believers in response to confession of sin and yielding. We further believe that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, and permanent spiritual gifts are evidence of his indwelling rather than speaking in tongues or other ecstatic and uh, spectacular demonstrations. He is also referred to in the scriptures as the Holy Ghost. And it's interesting it says Holy Ghost because as a child, that's Mm -hmm. what I heard. I didn't hear Holy Spirit. I heard Holy Ghost. Mm but then also as I was reading that uh, that whole thing about uh, speaking in tongues and other ecstatic and spectacular demonstrations, uh, I think that we all have the Holy Spirit in us, mm-hmm. but there are gifts of the Holy Spirit which are different than mm-hmm. just having, when we become believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us. But there are gifts that God will use through us that are things that we can't always explain. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'm not, um, I don't look at, if I don't have one of these gifts as that God can't use me, it's just that that's not the gift that he's choosing to use, Right, and he may use a different gift.
0: Well, I find it interesting that in your description of the Holy Spirit, it kind of they they felt it necessary to say that he was equal to the other ones. I think that oftentimes we do minimize the Holy Spirit. We kind of say uh, that uh, the third, the third child, or the third one is is off to the side. It's 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 a lesser of the three. But when you said your list, and I'm not even going to go through mine because mine's very similar to the, what you, what you said, uh, there seems to be a lot more descriptors to the Holy Spirit than there is of God the Father and the Son, and so it is unfortunate that at times we do minimize the Holy spirit, even though he is difficult to understand. But when I think about him, I think about the Holy spirit as power. And uh, I think about when Jesus went and he uh, fasted for 40 days and he came back and he, he was imbued with power. And, and, uh, when people would touch him and power would flow out of him and he would heal with all this power. I always oftentimes think of the Holy spirit as like the battery as the power and uh, as was, as is mentioned in a lot of these, the, the descriptors, I mean, he is the one who is inside of us. And uh, I believe that that's where miracles um, happen. I think when miracles do occur, it is the Holy Spirit that is performing those miracles. And sometimes he does that through us. So it is a, a difficult um, personality to understand. But I think uh, as we may even need to continue to remind ourselves, there's no less important than God, the father or the son. So what would you say to someone who is struggling with the concept of the Trinity?
1: Well, especially because it's a, a concept that's not easy for us to understand. I definitely would pray for God's uh, helping us to understand, to reveal himself. Uh, and to, Oh, uh, well, it was interesting. I, I, another story. I, uh, while I was at the jail, a guy asked me about the Holy Spirit. Mm. He was a newer Christian. And uh, so I was trying to explain it to him and he wasn't getting it very well. And, and so I, the next Tuesday when I went there, I went to the library and I was kind of looking around and I was looking for a book that might help him. And uh, the first book I saw, I thought, hey, this book's not bad. It was, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the book now. Oh, Radical by David Platt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good book, but yeah. probably a little too much for a young Christian. Uh, and then uh, I saw um, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Another good book, but, boy, a really thick book. And then I kind of turned over to my left a little bit, and that book just, if it could have jumped out at me, it would have. It was uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Henry, I'm uh, sorry, by uh, Jim Cimbalow. Okay, yes, yes. And uh, it was interesting. Cause so I brought the book in, and he was very excited, and he, I, he said, I'm going to start reading the book tonight. Well, I went home that day, and uh, the next day or two, we were, my wife and I were redoing a couple rooms in the house and we're downsizing a little bit. And so going through some of the books that I had and guess what book I came up with. <laughs> and typically I, when I saw the book, I would have said, well, I've read that book and I would have set it uh-huh, aside. But uh-huh. because I knew he was reading it, I reread it mm-hmm. and I got blessed all over yeah, again.
0: And We did Bible study on that, on that particular book too. Right. That's pretty cool.
1: Uh, And another book that uh, I've I've read before that spoke of the Holy Spirit was Forgotten God Mm. by Francis Chan. Yep, yep, I read that Uh, one too. So a couple of uh,
0: books that people could read to at least help them better understand the Holy Spirit. That's good, that's good. I do, you know, I find that we uh, don't fully understand the Holy Spirit, but even still, or even the Trinity in itself, I think that even if we don't fully understand it, we have to accept it as believers. And there are several truths that we don't understand um, even as people and as believers, I mean, we don't understand the vastness of space yet we accept it. We don't understand the holiness of God, and we don't understand the 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 truth about heaven. We don't we don't can't visualize. We don't we don't can't grasp heaven. Yet we know it's true, and yet we do accept it. So I would say to someone struggling with the concept of the of the Trinity, it's okay to struggle with the concept of the Trinity, but I think that we should accept it and we should try to understand um, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as best as we can because that is, I mean, we, we should want to try and understand the God that we serve. You know, because there are, um, God is three, is three persons in one, what does that say about him and how we should relate to him?
1: Uh, first thought that came to me was that God values community. Uh, and that we need to think of more than just our personal needs and our personal wants, but consider the community that we live in, and that can be a family, that can be a church community, it can be the the bigger, broader community that you live in. Uh, we live in a culture that really, uh, stresses individualism. Mm-hmm uh and if it's not right for me then forget it and there's a church on every corner if i'm not happy with this church i'm going to go to the next church i want to be entertained i don't want to just i don't want somebody to say things that uh might upset me mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. to be able to uh be able to accept that god uses things that aren't always pleasant to help us and um uh, and we, in a, we live in a culture that says that we deserve it our way, we deserve it now, we don't have to wait for things. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that uh, stress the individual and really God's about community.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you bring community into the discussion of the Trinity. I would even thought about that. But I do have three things that I think um, that uh, w- what God being three in one would say about him and how we should relate to him. Um, what I would say is that he is more mysterious than we can imagine or understand. Uh, we need to understand that we will never, there are things we will never grasp. We will never fully understand something that is way outside of our of our um realm of understanding. And this is one of those things that we may not fully understand until we uh, till we die and, and come to his presence. And I'm okay with that. And I hope everyone else who, who is struggling with it is okay with as well. Another thing I would say is that um, the rules of this world don't apply to him. Um, how can we understand the three in one? I do still like the one times one times one, but it's still a difficult under, uh, concept to truly understand uh, when we do understand that they are three separate, yet yeah, one in the same. Um, but the rules of this world don't always apply. God made the rules of this world. And there are so many rules that I'm sure that he didn't introduce that will someday fi- find out that are out there that will blow our minds. Uh, and then the third is it is difficult to describe. He is, you know, he is difficult to describe, which is why I think that uh, when he revealed himself to Moses, he just simply described himself as I am, <laughs> because there really is nothing that can truly in our English language, or at least in our worldly tongue, um, describe the vastness of who he is. So, if we are at least able to try and and conceptualize that he is more than just one, uh, oh, oh, that we understand in the way that we understand one, uh, then we can understand that he is vast and just way bigger and more complex and more um, grandiose than we can even consider because our minds can't wrap themselves around it. Uh, but so that's what I think it says about him. I think he is a a complex, big, amazing God that is beyond. Our understanding, but yet he reveals himself to us in such a way that we can try and conceptualize, and we can get an idea of who he is enough that it uh, makes sense to us, but is still not fully understood. Well, when as you were talking about that, I was thinking about uh,
1: Christ coming into the world, a virgin birth, mm-hmm uh, and I can remember my dad saying that, uh, well, that's not humanly possible. <laughs> well, and it isn't humanly possible, <laughs> right? Exactly. But uh, yeah, the the laws of, that we think of, the laws of gravity, whatever they mm-hmm. don't they don't apply to God. Right. Uh, he created them, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, when and you talked about the vastness of space, to think about that, uh, and and think about eternity, mm-hmm. uh, time never ending. Uh, I mean, all these things yeah. that our our minds can never fully grasp. Right and yet god created this world in a way that we have air to breathe we eat food we i mean all these things that we do and and we have a period of time that we're here and then we're not anymore mm-hmm. uh and and yet it's all done for
0: for us but also for his glory mm-hmm. and uh and those are real hard concepts right and just think about the idea there's so many things in this world right now that us as a human species we still don't understand, <laughs> and we've been in this world for I don't know, uh, uh, millennials, and uh, we still don't really understand, uh, you know, the world fully. So how can we con- even think we can understand God fully? Uh, but it is interest, it it is exciting to know that there's so much more than what we can understand with our small minds, and that someday we'll un- we'll find out what God is all about. And when He decided to make the world in the way that He decide- He made it he could have chosen something different. He could have made it a different way. He could have made different rules, rules that we can't even fathom what those might be. We can only, we can only look at ourselves as biological creatures uh, with two hands and two arms and two eyes. And, and we only see ourselves that way and we understand the animals around us and the biology of, of the world. But just think about that someone had to think about that. Someone had to plan that and God planned that. So there's so much more that we have not been privy to, that we don't understand, that we will someday understand. So understanding the Trinity is difficult to do, but uh, at least we understand a little bit of it. So what are some of the takeaways that uh, we can get from this episode that will make us more hardcore?
1: Well, for me, as we better understand our faith, including the Holy Spirit, uh, we will begin to see opportunities to share God's love with those we come in contact with, we will also be better equipped to forgive others as we realize how much we have been forgiven. Hmm. Uh, and that's something as I spend time uh, talking to guys that uh, that whole concept of forgiveness, that uh, to think about how much God has forgiven us. I, I heard a saying one time, it said, we will never have to forgive anyone more than what God has already forgiven us. hmm and uh, and we think we've been slighted by someone and we're not going to forgive them. And really the person that is hurt by that is us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the idea of how much God gave for us to help us overcome our weaknesses, our sins, uh, and then also letting us know that we need to forgive as part of our
0: forgiveness Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yeah, and he's still forgiving us too. It's not one of those one and done thing. Absolutely. It's a continual forgiveness. And I think some of the te- takeaways that we can uh, bring from this episode is that we must know and worship God in his fullness. We need to recognize each role. And I admit that it's difficult for me and how to comprehend, but it is one of those things that we are to try and understand. We must come to terms with it as believers. And I like what it says in Christianity.com. They do a really decent job of breaking down, <laughs> trying to simplify uh, the Trinity as well. And I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, he bre- it breaks down like it says, he is one God and only one, exists in three persons, equal and eternal, worthy of praise and uh, e- worthy of equal praise and worship and distinct yet acting in unity, constituting the one true God of the Bible. So, God is one in essence and three in persons, which I thought was really neat how they put that. Well, I want to thank those who are listening for spending time with us as we explored the question, how can God be three persons in one? I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to join us next time as we explore another challenging topic from a Christian worldview. But until then, I encourage you to make every effort to keep your walk hardcore. See you soon. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hardcore Christianity is produced by KTF Productions. Thanks for listening and God bless.